Girls, thank you, and uh, doesn't it bless your heart to see, again, young people that are just uh, boldly coming up here and, and standing, and it is not easy, and it was really a blessing today in chapel service uh, just to see many different ones uh, stand up and read scripture or stand up and sing a special or stand up and lead the music and uh, then to preach, and, and it's really, that's, that's what it's all about, and and uh, never should we be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, never should we be ashamed. We always uh, should be willing to stand up for Him, and so it's, it's a wonderful blessing just to see uh, young people uh, that are willing to take this stand. Let's turn to the Gospel of Mark chapter 8, and if you'll stand with me as we read together the Word of God this evening, Mark chapter 8, and I want to begin in verse number 22, Mark chapter 8 and verse number 22. Mark chapter 8, verse number 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. And uh, we're going to, to relate this here tonight to our faith and the building of our faith. It's really a, a, neat, um, a neat miracle in the Word of God. This is the only gospel that records this particular miracle, and the gospel of Mark has actually several miracles that are recorded only in the gospel of Mark, and it's a book of miracles, and you'll see Jesus as the servant Messiah and uh, just reaching out, ministering to the very needs of, of mankind. I'd like us tonight to go to the Lord in prayer, and let's ask the Lord's guidance and help tonight. Father, we thank you. Uh, for this evening, and uh, Lord, just uh, again, the privilege of being in this place, and uh, Lord, even the testimony of song, I am resolved uh, no longer to linger, and uh, Lord, simply to resolve to follow you with all of our heart. And here tonight, as we see this miracle, I pray, God, that uh, you would use this in just building our own faith, and uh, Lord, doing a work in our hearts, opening our blinded eyes helping us to see you and helping us to see clearly uh, through the scripture. And thank you, Lord, for the, again, the privilege. Thank you for each one here tonight. And, and I pray that, uh, Lord, you would bless each person that has taken the time tonight to come out. And just, Lord, that uh, it would be blessed just because of obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated uh, this evening. And um, really, I, I want to, to just look tonight at a... Uh, a biblical principle is throughout the Word of God, and, and what we find is that God, or Christ, works on hearts and in lives in accordance to faith. Uh, we find in the book of Hebrews that through faith the elders received of the Lord a, a good report, and we read of men in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, men like uh, 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 Abel, like Enoch, like Noah, like Abraham, these men that uh, by faith walked with God, by faith received things from the Lord. They pleased God through their faith. Uh, we read in Hebrews 11, men like David, men like uh, Daniel, Moses, Joseph, they saw God do miraculous things through their faith. 
And we know that without faith, it is impossible to please him. We've mentioned that quite often here recently. Uh, says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so the Lord rewards faith. You'll see this throughout the Gospels. And I want to just for a moment as we lay a foundation, let's go back to Mark chapter 1. And I want to just uh, show this as we move through the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark tremendously emphasizes and illustrates for us the importance of faith. So we go to Mark chapter 1 and verse number 40. And it reads, There came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, And I like this statement, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And we see here in accordance to this man's faith that he was healed of his leprosy. And we go immediately to chapter 2 and picking up in verse number 3. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sickle palsy lay. And then this statement, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sickle palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And in accordance to faith, there was the healing of this man. Uh, Mark chapter 4, we have the storm uh, with the Lord asleep on the boat. Uh, they awakened him. He calmed the storm. And he said to the disciples, Mark 4, verse 40, He saith unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And so he rebuked them for their lack of faith. And we'll find in the disciples, he was constantly training, constantly building their faith. In Mark chapter 5, verse 34, uh, we read of a woman uh, that had an issue of blood uh, for 12 years. And so, verse 34, as she touched the garment of the Lord, he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole from thy plague. And in accordance to her faith, there was healing. And then in Mark 5, verse 36, we know of Jairus. As soon as Jesus heard the word, it's about Jairus' daughter that had died. Uh, as soon as he heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Only believe. And we know that as Jesus went to that home, he took this girl by the hand and up from the dead, she was resurrected, she was raised. Now, Mark chapter 6, uh, Jesus went to the city of Nazareth. This is where he grew up. And in Mark chapter 6, verse number 5, uh, we read, In Nazareth he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And we know in another gospel that he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. And we go to Mark chapter 7 and verse number 24. Mark chapter 7 and verse number 24. I want to read this account here in whole because this tremendously illustrates the importance of faith. In verse number 24, and from thence he arose, and he went to the borders of Tyre and Sidon, entered into an house, and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. 
For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread to cast it to the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Uh, she said basically to the Lord, Lord, uh, I don't disagree with you, true, what you said, uh, but all I need is the crumbs. And if I can have the crumbs, that's enough for the healing of my daughter. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. In the Gospel of Matthew, it's spoken of this woman in this way as Jesus turned to her. He said, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And so we see these illustrations here in the Gospel of Mark, and you'll see it throughout all of the Gospels, uh, these illustrations of faith and the importance of faith in the working of God. Now here as we arrive at Mark chapter 8, we have the healing of this blind man, and in this healing is a lesson in faith. I've mentioned this miracles recorded only in the Gospel of Mark. It's kind of unique in that this healing took place in stages. Uh, I want you to turn forward to Mark chapter 10. We have another blind man. You've heard of him, blind Bartimaeus. And it's a completely different type of healing that takes place with blind Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse number 46. Mark 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And then he charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still, commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered, said unto him, What wilt that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. But notice this, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. He followed Jesus in the way. So we have a blind Bartimaeus in just a moment of time uh, receiving his sight by faith. He's bold in his request. And, and I'm just wondering if maybe he had not heard the account of Mark chapter 8 and the healing of the blind man in Mark chapter 8. Now in Mark chapter 8, the man is much, much, much more reserved. And so Jesus deals with this man of Mark 8 in a completely different way than he did with blind Bartimaeus. And he deals with each person in accordance to their faith, and he takes the steps necessary to bring an individual to faith. And so he takes us from faith to faith. So I want to relate the account tonight in Mark chapter 8. And first of all, let's look at the beginning of faith. Now, at first, it appears that this man had little to no faith. Look in Mark chapter 8, verse number 22. Just some interesting statements that are made. He cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. Now, just notice a couple of thoughts. Uh, this man did not come to Christ on his own. The Bible says they brought a blind man 
to Jesus. Other, others brought him to Jesus. And when this man was brought to Christ, he was silent. This man did not say anything. It was others that spoke on his behalf. It was others that pled with Jesus for this blind man, completely opposite of blind Bartimaeus. It was blind Bartimaeus, uh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. So we have two different uh, accounts here in the way that Jesus dealt with them. Now, this may have been the case for many of us. Uh, we were spiritually blind. Uh, we were indifferent. We were hesitant. I wonder how many of you were somewhat hesitant the first time you heard the gospel. Uh, very few of us, now I've known people, the first time they heard the gospel, they got saved. But very few of us, I heard the gospel many, many times before I was saved. Uh, there were many, many opportunities, uh, many chances. There were many times where the Lord very patiently dealt with me. Uh, I think of, of this particular man, and this may be the case for many of us, uh, maybe somebody brought you to the throne of Jesus, or maybe somebody prayed for you. Uh, maybe somebody was praying for you when you had no heart or desire for the Lord. Uh, maybe there was somebody that pled before the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ that uh, the Lord would touch you. Uh, maybe somebody pled and prayed for you that the Lord would open your blinded eyes. You may not have even known it. I know that I had grandmothers that prayed for me. I know that for a fact now because later they told me and they knew that I was a pretty honorary guy and they knew they needed to pray for their grandson. And uh, they pled before the throne of God. I did not even know it or understand it at that time. Uh, but I believe that I got saved because people prayed for me. And I believe that I'm a preacher today because people prayed for me. And I believe this man, maybe somebody brought you to church. Uh, maybe you did not even have a desire, but somebody maybe uh, put you in a position and, and they pled with you. And at first you were somewhat reluctant. Maybe you were skeptical even to come to church, but they pursued and they brought you to church. And as if like this blind man, they brought you to the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ. They brought you into the presence of the Lord and hoped that you would come to church and that the Lord would reach down and touch you and change your life. Now, as they bring this man to Jesus in verse number 23, just a beautiful thought here, he took the blind man by the hand. Just a simple touch. Remember, this man could not see Jesus, but Jesus began a work in his life. This man felt the touch. He couldn't see Jesus, but perhaps at that point there was a, a glimmer of, of hope. And I would just picture, here's this blind man brought before Jesus Christ. Jesus reaches out, he takes him by the hand. And I'm just wondering if at that moment in the heart of this blind man, he begins to move from that state of reluctance to this hope or this possibility, or maybe even this thought is that here's somebody that's really interested in me. Here's somebody that really cares for me. And sometimes people have to come to that place to realize somebody does care. And the Lord really does love me. He really does care. Maybe in your life it was like that. God moved somebody to pray for you, to bring you to His throne. Uh, Jesus heard their prayer. And He began to reach out His hand to you. He began to touch you. He began to reveal Himself to you in some ways. He began to show you that He cared for you. 
I'm thinking back to, to my salvation. I ran from the Lord, uh, but I know people were praying for me, and they saw the need of that, and it was really a blessing how the Lord began to show me that despite my sin, He loved me. Despite my sin, He cared for me, and in a sense, He was reaching out to touch me. Uh, maybe you came to a church service. I remember many of you, your first time to come to church here. And at that service, uh, something touched your heart. Uh, somehow at that service, God was ministering to you. He was touching you. Uh, maybe he answered a question that you had in your heart or in your life. And it began to build up hope in your life and began to build faith. Now notice again, verse 23, Mark chapter 8. He, he took the blind man by the hand. And I thought this was interesting he led him out of the town. Now, I understand that uh, the Lord spoke later at Bethsaida, that many miracles had been done in Bethsaida, and uh, he uh, basically, they had rejected. And I don't know all the, the details here, but I, but I picture here something with this blind man, that Jesus took him by the hand, and he led him away from the crowds. He led him away from his comfort zone, maybe even away from some of his friends. This man needed to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord now has this man in this position, taking him by the hand, he begins to lead him. And maybe God did this in your life, and spiritually he reached out to you, he took your hand and he pulled you away from some crowds, or he pulled you away from some situations, or maybe some friends, and he began to place you into a position where you needed to trust him. You began to look for some answers, you began to look for some hope in your life. See, before he can open spiritually blinded eyes, he has to put you in a position of trust because he works in accordance to faith. And his working in our life is always in accordance with faith. And so I see here the, the beginning of faith, but I see the growth of faith in the next steps. See, faith often comes in stages. Uh, hopefully... Uh, the Lord has worked in your life such now that you have a greater faith today than you had at a, at, at a previous time. Or if you've been saved, uh, hopefully your faith has grown and you're far more advanced in faith now than you were when you first came to meet Jesus Christ. And so faith comes in stages. We move, as the Bible says, from faith to faith. And, and, and you'll find that, that really faith, uh, obedience and faith and love go hand in hand. And I find that the Lord moves us in our Christian life one step at a time. You know, sometimes we, we look at our life and, and we want the, the will of God and the way out by and by yonder. And uh, we want God to take us in one giant leap to that position. But the way the Lord works in our life, He moves us from faith to faith. He moves us step by step at a time. And so the Lord will deal with our heart about something. And as we obey that, then He'll move us to the next step of faith and the next step of faith and the next step of faith. And we move with the Lord one step at a time. And I see this is what is taking place with this man. We grow in faith. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying tonight. Salvation is instantaneous. There's a point where a soul passes from death unto life. There's a new birth. We can point to a physical birth. Uh, one of my children, uh, 11-something, almost uh, past midnight. But we could pinpoint uh, the very minute of birth and know that it was on a certain day and not the next day. Uh, there was a point where birth took place. 
Uh, I was driving two weeks ago to fish with my dad at Ute Lake. And so it was a Friday morning. Uh, I awakened and left at uh, 4 a.m. in the morning. And I'm driving toward Tucumcari, and Tucumcari is east. And as I'm driving east, as it got to be a little after 6 o'clock, the, uh, the sky began to lighten just a bit. And I noticed as the sky was lightened and then just a beautiful, beautiful thing, it was about 7.15, uh, there was a point where that sun poked over the mountain. And I could say that was sunrise. That was the point where the sun came up. And as that sun came up at that point in the morning, uh, it poked its head above the mountain's sunrise. And sometimes that's the way it is with salvation. Jesus begins to take us by the hand. And He begins to lead us apart. And it gets lighter. And it gets just a little bit clearer. And then the moment comes where, by faith, we have to receive Jesus and Jesus alone. And our faith is secured in Christ and the Holy Spirit works a new birth in the heart and in the life. It's a miracle of God and there's that point that we pass from death unto life. There's no in between. Uh, there's a point we were on the road to hell and now we're on the road to heaven. Uh, there's a point we were lost and now we're saved. There's a point where uh, we were headed on the wrong path and now we're on the path with the Lord Jesus Christ and the sun rises. There's a new birth. And then after that new birth, the Holy Spirit of God begins to teach us. He begins to grow us. Uh, he begins to teach us that life of faith. I want you to notice the account of this man. Again, verse number 23 of Mark chapter 8. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes. Now, I'm not going to do that to any of you, okay? Because I can't open blinded eyes and you don't want my spit, okay? His was clean spit. So you don't want mine. And when he had spit on his eyes, he put his hands upon him. And he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Now, you get the picture here. He had his sight, but it was still blurry. And two weeks ago, as I was driving toward Tucumcari and uh, the sky began to lighten up and it was blurry, but there was a point that sun poked its head over the mountain. Now I could look around me to the trees beside me. There were still shadows. It was still a little blurry. I think had I been hunting elk at that time, it might have still been a little bit early, though probably if I would have saw elk, I would have shot it anyway, okay? Uh, but there it was. Not I didn't have a license. I wouldn't at that time. Not poaching, okay? But I wouldn't have at that time. But if I had a license, I, I would have at that point. So here, here there's that, that place, still a little bit blurry at that point. Now, most of us, when we got saved, were like this. How many of you, when you got saved, understood all there was to understand about salvation? No, I, I really didn't know a whole lot. I could not have told you the principle of justification. I could not have told you about propitiation. All I could tell you is I was a sinner. I was lost. I was on the road to hell. I couldn't save myself, and I cried out to Jesus, and he saved me. He forgave me. Now, I did not understand all the ins and the outs of the Word of God. In fact, I did not know much of the Word of God, though I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, I did not understand all there was about church and the Bible and praying and witnessing and all that God wanted me to do. 
See, my eyes were opened and I could see, but I was still a baby in the Lord Jesus Christ and still weak and young in my faith. Now, thankfully, that's just the beginning. But Jesus patiently grows our faith. I want you to notice here verse number 25, this statement. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up and he was restored and he saw every man clearly. So now he moves from blurry eyes and men walking about as trees and now he begins to see every man clearly and and that's what the Lord begins to do in our life. After we're saved, Jesus works to give us clearer vision. He works to grow our faith. And I can look back, and it's often been the way of growth. Uh, you can identify with this. Uh, how many things I did not understand when I was saved? How many things I still don't understand? But I think of how patiently the Lord has ministered in my life. I think sometimes I would read a passage of Scripture and it was blurry. You ever read the Bible and this just didn't make sense? It's a little bit blurry. And you pray and Lord, help me to understand this. And maybe you read through it several times and it's blurry and then maybe somebody preaches something or you hear something and you say, oh, that makes a little bit of sense. And then maybe you're reading the Bible someday and the Holy Spirit of God begins to deliver your heart. And it's all of a sudden like the scales fall from the eyes. Now all of a sudden that passage that was not clear is now suddenly very clear to you. And the Lord grows you from faith unto faith. You ever face a situation, a problem, and as you're going through that problem, you just don't understand. Lord, I don't understand what's going on. It's kind of like Job in the Old Testament. And here's Job, a man that loved the Lord. But suddenly in his life, everything is taken away from him. And his faith is tested. And here Job loses his possessions. And then his own children are lost and destroyed. And then his health and then his friends. And uh, just time after time and thing after thing begins to go against Job. And it's not clear. You can read through the book of Job and it's just not clear to Job. It's evident Job knows that God is God. And he knows that the Lord is righteous, but his eyes are blurry. And then as you read through the account of Job, the Lord appears to Job and the Lord clarified the faith of Job. And Job was restored and all that he possessed was given back and doubled and given ten more children and God was good to Job. And suddenly the eyes are open. I've had many situations and difficulties and it was difficult to understand. And though I knew God was on the throne, though I knew God was in control, it just didn't make sense. Say, I'm a sheep, I'm blind, I can't see in front of me, I don't know what's going on. And here's the Lord with that bird's eye view, and sometimes the Lord just leads us that step at a step, or a step at a time, uh, to reveal His purpose and His will for our lives. And so the Lord is in control, and over time, He makes sense of the situation. Here's the growth of our faith. God grows our faith. He grows our understanding. I want to bring that tonight to wrap up a thought here that really became precious as I studied this scripture. We see the beginning of faith, and there's a point where faith begins. And we see here the growth of that faith. 
But then there is the completion of that faith. The healing of this man in stages, I think, uh, uh, gives us some great lessons. There was no sight. And then there was a blurred vision or a blurred sight. And then there was clear sight. It's a beautiful picture for each and every one of us. No sight pictures our past. We were lost. We were on the road to hell. We were without Christ. We were blinded. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That was our life before Christ. That was our past. We were blind. We were lost. And then we see the blurred sight. It's kind of a picture of our present. We got saved. He opened our eyes. We were forgiven, justified. But as long as we are in this life, we see dimly. It's kind of like this, man. As long as we're in this life, we don't have the full picture. Uh, we see men walking as trees, and our faith is not yet complete. Uh, we know heaven's real, don't we? But we don't know what heaven looks like. We know that Jesus is real, but we don't know the full beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we don't know the full beauty of heaven. See, we, we walk in this world and our sight is still somewhat blurred. We're walking by faith. We've received our sight. We've been born again. But our vision is still a little bit dull, a little bit blurred. And, you know, we're growing. And gradually, hopefully, our vision is getting better as we read the Word of God, as we study God's Word, as the Spirit of God begins to teach us. But there are still many things, i be honest with you. There's a lot of the Bible I don't understand. There's a lot of the Bible I would love to understand. There's a lot of things that are happening right now in our world I don't understand. There's a lot that I would like to be able to understand. There's a lot of vision that I have that is still blurred. But this I know, that Jesus is Lord, that He's God, that He's on the throne, that He's King of kings and Lord of lords. That's our present. There was my past when I was lost and I was blind. Then the Lord opened the eyes, but I still have blurred vision. But listen, one day there will be a clear sight. One day Jesus will come back. And when He comes back, we shall see Him as He is. And when He comes back, our faith will be completed. I want you to look at a thought here in verse 25 of Mark chapter 8. And after that, He put His hands again upon His eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. Now I pictured this. He put his hand upon his eyes and made him look up. Now here's Jesus putting his hands upon the eyes of this man, and he looks up. What do you think is the first thing that he saw? I would picture that Jesus was clear in his vision. He looked up and he saw Jesus. Well, that's what it will be. One day the trumpet will sound and you'll hear the voice, Come up hither. 
And as the book of 1 Corinthians 15 says, we shall all be changed at a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Never more to sin. Our faith will be complete and we will see clearly Jesus. I think when we look up, it's going to be Jesus the first thing that we see. And what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. We'll see him clearly and no more with a blurred vision. Well, I think in my own life, the thing that breaks my heart the most is that I fail Jesus. I'd love to be perfect. I'd love to be without sin. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love to, to never think a wrong thought? Wouldn't you love to never, never, ever get bitter or upset or be unforgiving toward anybody? Wouldn't you love that? Wouldn't you love to love perfectly as the Lord loves? Wouldn't you love to love everybody perfectly? Wouldn't you love to be able to see how clearly heaven is? Wouldn't you love to be able to walk by faith? Wouldn't you love to be able never to doubt? Wouldn't you love to never have fear again? Wouldn't you love to be in that position? That breaks my heart that I don't do that. And oh, day by day, I have to confess. Day by day, I have to allow the Lord to clean my slate. And day by day, I have to pray with David. Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. You see, my faith is somewhat blurred right now. My faith is not complete. It's not whole. I don't see completely clearly right now. But the day is coming when I will. And if you're saved, the day is coming when you will. And again, it will be worth it all when you see the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have here moving in this man's life from no faith to a blurred faith to a complete faith. And that's the path that each of us will take in our journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. We'll go to the Lord.